Welcome to the Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Pete. And we're continuing on in our series through the USA Umpire Manual, Chapter 5, Base Umpire Mechanics. We're now on point six, difficult situations. And we're going to start with live ball running violations. So there are violations by runners that require a signal and a verbal call when they occur while, the, while allowing the ball to remain live. Running out of the base path to avoid a tag is one of these. And so when that happens, uh, point at the runner with your left hand and loudly verbalize, out of the base path, out. And B, let the play continue. Yep. And the second one is passing a runner. So point at the runner who passed their teammate and loudly verbalize, out. Let the play continue. Yeah, so this is, this is important. So this part, what is the runner's base path? Is it the lines of the diamond that are the very straight lines drawn if I were to draw the straightest possible line between first and second and second and third. You mean the baseline? That's a baseline. That's and I, we did not just say that it is running out of the baseline. That's not what we said. That's right. We said running out of the base path. Path. Right? Yep. Right. So according to rules, we're talking about a runner who has established her base path, whatever that is, and now a tag is happening, and she moves more than how far out of the way? Three feet. Three feet. So what we're saying is, so it doesn't matter if this occurs... She rounds, she makes the biggest round first base going to second base, and she is out near the grass, right? Yep. She made a huge round. And now uh, someone's attempting a tag. She runs into where the baseline is. She's out of the base path, right? Yeah, her base path would be that direct line from where she's at almost in the grass to second base. Yeah. That's her base path. If she moves three feet from that new established path, She's out. Yeah, and so that's what if we're she's saying. trying to avoid a tag, you gotta right. be careful about that. Yeah, yeah, she can run the most zigzaggy roundabout, whatever she wants. If there's no tag, there's no. We're not just pointing her because oh, she very. We're not saying she varied three feet from the base line. Yeah. Right. And even then, who cares? There's no tag. That's not what we're saying. We're saying only on a, a t- attempt to get her out so by a tag. Not giving any secrets away here. You can find this stuff online because our our college games are are taped and on. You know. They're on the, on the interwebs. You can go out there and see them. But uh, we have a, a first and third play at uh, at Otterbein where uh, we, we call it a slide wide. Um, we got it. We stole it from the NFCA. You know, it was one of the uh, one of the Division One schools. You know, gave it up. You know, as a as a, a way to run a first and third situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, our runner goes like she's going to run to center field. The, the runner from first goes like she's going to go to center field. And if they make a throw on her, then she turns and tries to get to second base. And that's her new base path. And it might be straight at home plate because she went that far wide when she was making the run. And it's a, it confuses people. They're like, where, where is she going? What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> but she's not out because nobody was trying to make a play on her. She's allowed to run. You right. Know? And so anyway, that's just one of them. So that's fun. Um, the other one, so here's an interesting interesting piece. So uh, this came up in a Facebook group not too long ago. We won't spend a lot of time on it because we really want to get through this. But what if we had a, a home run mm-hmm. um, that was a walk-off, mm-hmm. grand slam, yep. and um, the runner that was at first base stopped short of home plate and joined the line of celebrators. Yeah. And then the person who hit the home run touches home plate so to me i don't remember how this sorted out in the group i saw the post i know exactly the post i think i saw the video in my head this is my head you can say i'm an idiot now but so this is how i'm thinking. i won't ever say that this is how i'm thinking i believe that we are supposed to assume a player has touched the base if they passed the base if they passed it correct so 
I mean, in this case, she even by stepping aside home, I I'm putting her now past the base. I'm saying she touched home, and the only way for her to be out would be be an appeal. So even to me, okay. the this runner comes in, she joins the fray to congratulate the home run hitter, and that girl now touches the plate. I do not immediately call out the runner for passing a runner. I would wait that for that to be an appeal play because I'm assuming that she's she has passed the base and therefore is assumed to have touched the base, even though I know she didn't. I'm now waiting. So you're waiting on an appeal on the runner from first, not appeal on the home run hitter. The home run hitter. I would not call her out for passing the runner. So I don't know if that's right, but I mean, that's that's my thought process in the case. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I don't know if that's right either, but uh, this is twice today that uh, I'm going to fall down on the other side of the fence. Had she went around the the base and stood with the the team on the first base side you know to congratulate the young lady as she was coming in um she would not have passed her and it would be an appeal play but since she did not pass the base um i'm not going to assume she touched it and so then i'm going to call out the home run person and if that's out number two a savvy catcher and touch that could girl. touch the girl and that was at first base and you know ran in and now it's out number three yeah and but then yeah for my so i guess the question is there like what what is past the base because if you draw if i draw a straight infinite line from the front edge of the plate going mm-hmm. left and right yep the girl by coming down even though she walked around it she walked around the plate and she was definitely past the front edge of the plate she was just on the side of it now that's different. That's not where I saw her, and that's not what I had just described. I didn't oh. think she made it to the plate. She jumped in well, the line well, down third base, and so yeah, there was I a line yeah, of girls. Yeah, I didn't girls. think she got that far out because in that case, I probably would do exactly that. But I'm, okay. in, in my mind, when I'm picturing it, I imagine her coming down, being, we'll call it for the sake of this thing, almost a, like ten inches short of the plate or eight inches short of the plate, and then going effectively in the batter's box, more or less, to stand as part of the semicircle. It was to the left side of the point of the plate, but still, I felt like past the leading edge of the plate. That's that's how I thought it was. I'm down with that. I get you though. If you said if she went straight from she was running down and then she just went to the left side to the third base foul line and stood out there somewhere, like you would, like you're being introduced in the game. Yes. Then I I would do exactly what you did. I feel okay. Cool. So so we're on the same page there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So but we had it right. Well, you have to pass the if you pass it, then you're assumed to have touched it until somebody appeals it. For sure. Yeah. And then so what you um, said, yeah, immediately hitters out in your in your scenario, hitters out, and if it was not the third out, I'm now sitting here waiting for them to appeal this girl or touch her. Or yeah, touch Either her. Either dead or a live ball. Yeah, right appeal. now we got. Well, yeah, it's a dead ball because it's. it's oh, a hold on. right, yeah, it's a yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so they on. got a dead ball appeal. It. Yep. yep. There you go. Interesting. That's fun stuff. Okay. B rundowns. So when a player is caught in a rundown, it is important that the umpires responsible for the coverage move to get the best perspective of both ends of the play most rundowns are covered by only one umpire so how do you do that pete yeah so number one what you're going to do is stay at a depth approximately 12 to 15 feet from the rundown and move parallel to the baseline you're going to know where the ball is at all times you're going to move quickly toward and around the play to achieve the best angle and distance as the tag is applied being alert at all times for obstruction interference or interference when covering rundowns with two umpires Each umpire should take a position at their end of the rundown. This is referred to as bracketing. When bracketing, one umpire should be outside the diamond and the other umpire should remain inside the diamond. In all cases, communication is a must. When two umpires are covering a rundown, the umpire with the clear, unobstructed view of the tag should make the call. To prevent both umpires from making a call, eye contact is essential prior to the call being made. Perfect. 
Yeah, I like it. So the bracketing thing, when you get two, two umpires uh, on the thing. So in a two-umpire system, any rundowns between first and second are most likely going to be uh, you're, you're on your own. Right, it makes uh, sense. Most of the time. Um, now, I was asked, can't remember the umpire that asked me, we had nobody else on, and uh, there was a rundown going on. Might have been me. Out I think there. Or it was a game. You were watching me, umpire. I, I think that's that right. For me. Yeah, that's right. And then the plate umpire said, well, what, what should I have done? Right. And I'm thinking in CCA, there's a holding zone at the front of the circle. We don't have that in USA, but I, I think I would probably move to there. I, I, don't, I would not go all the way out to second base, I don't think, as a plate umpire. Yeah. Um, I would move to the front of the circle. So that I could help to see, but I'm not going to take a call. And that's right? where, and so, so in this case, I remember the play now more. The may not have been the one you originally meant, but the one we're talking about now. I, I don't want to say I blew it, but I missed an obstruction by the first baseman in this case because yeah. I, so I was I was the base umpire in this case. I'm watching the rundown, quote unquote, both ends of the rundown by myself. Yeah. The plate umpire is you know back by the plate, and I'm running back and forth for it. And then girl gets in, made whatever the call is, probably out right. since there was an obstruction um, even comes to be discussed. So call her out. No one overly complained. Like a coach didn't come out and like yell at me. Um, they kind of griped from the side, but no one said anything. Right. Um, but then when you and I were talking about I it, because now. the plate umpire asked, what should I have done? And we talked about it. And then you said something and you said something about, yeah, I might have gone to the, the, the CCA, other holding zone, uh, to watch for interference or obstruction. And that's when I went, uh, Did was I there instruction on that one? And you said, <laughs> yes, there was. Yep, sure was. <laughs> Yep, sure was. Yeah. But yeah, that would have been something that she could have helped with, um, you know, had she been right, in, in the diamond a little closer to the play, yeah. paying attention to that. But that's what you want to be looking for, obstruction. Uh, I, I think that probably happens in a rundown way more than it gets called. Sure. The uh, Remembering that in USA softball, obstruction occurs if you impede the progress of a runner without the ball. And if you see, especially in the 14U and, and younger teams the where they're still doing the, oh yeah. my gosh, we're going to throw the ball 24 times. Um, you know, they've got all eight, you know, players involved in the thing. Uh, most likely somebody's going to be blocking the, the, the base path and uh, yeah. without the ball. So that's a problem. Speaking of that, um, let's talk a little bit about interference and then obstruction. So interference is C. To indicate that interference has occurred, the umpire should step forward while giving a strong dead ball signal while emphatically calling dead ball. Point to the interference, then give a strong out signal and a verbal out call. So what is interference, Pete? So interference is an act of a runner interfering. So again, the same word, but somehow we'll say, I don't know what other word he's hindering, causing a problem with typically what for a runner to do it, the runner is interfering with a person making an initial play on a batted ball. Correct. Now, there are other kinds of interference. Like, for instance, um, you could yell at someone. Like, say a, a tag play was coming in and I start yelling at the person. Watch out, watch out, watch out. I mean, you get some verbal interference there. You could, you could get something. slap the glove. Um, the person's going to make a tag and you slap the glove and the ball drops out. That's interference. You know, yep. things like that. But that's typically the way you're going to see it 90% of the time. Yeah, so typical interference, you know, you see it most often probably with a runner at second going to third and the ball mm -hmm. gets hit to the shortstop. Yeah. And, or maybe first to, first second, to second also. Yeah. Uh, but short, I see it in shortstop a lot more because they think, you know, hey, I can get third. You know? <laughs> so better than second. But the, uh, the, then the, the runner runs into or interferes with the, the shortstop making the play. Yeah, and doesn't on have to be collision. On the batted ball. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be collision. It's just... Yeah, there just has to be contact, though, right? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, there doesn't? Oh, okay. No, so did, she, did she cause her to hesitate? You know, shortstop's charging the ball. Girl runs in front of her. Shortstop can no longer charge the ball because charging would have contacted. 
You know, so she she holds up because she's like, oh, I don't want a bumper. And then, oh, no, no, dead ball, you're out. Yeah. So this is a tough one. And um, I'll tell you, if we were to post this in face on a Facebook group, you're going to get both sides of the coin on this one, even from some experienced umpires. They'll, um, they'll say, well, she shouldn't have stopped. She should have just gone to go get the ball then. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, do we want to teach them to collide? Do we want to, you know, so it's a tough judgment call because, you know, did she actually interfere? Did she try not to? Uh, we actually talked about this one a bit and we saw some video, actually some Division One college ball where the runner ran in front of the shortstop and, and did a like a, a staple chase, chase jump, you know, yeah. over the path of the ball so that she was kind of out of the way. And the, the shortstop bumbled the ball, but was it interference? You know, so like she did everything she could to try to get out of the way of it. She was just running to third and she jumped over the ball and, you yeah. know, it got and in. And the shortstop sh- was going to field it by standing and waiting for it. Yeah. yeah and so, so was it interference or not? And I think not. you're not going to get it. Without seeing the video, yeah. yeah you're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, so if you're a shortstop, you probably should go get the ball. Yeah. yeah. Go get the ball. Um, and if we're teaching 10 year olds, you know, today, if we start over and we start teaching 10 year olds, we're going to teach, go get the ball. Yeah. Go get the ball. You'll be fine. And if you're going to pull up short, pull up short much closer to the person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, and if you're a base runner, don't be dumb. Yeah. You know, so. yeah don't worry about this. Again, this is baseline versus base path. Don't worry about staying in that imaginary That's right. straight line. You you may run in. You know, uh, The girl's coming, the ball's getting hit. You may run in. You may run behind. You may stop and wait, which is you know most runners are not good. That's some you know coaches will get mad about that right um you but you give her a wide berth and you, no one's going to call you that's right so now the other side of this one now interference occurs by who the offense offense so if the offense did something wrong it's interference if the defense did something wrong it's obstruction obstruction case, right so uh to talk about obstruction the base umpire should immediately give the delayed dead ball signal and verbally say obstruction Yes. The signal need not be held throughout the play, but just long enough for it to be seen. I don't run around the field with my left arm sticking out. Shouldn't probably yeah. shouldn't do that. Um, okay. Not to mention the fact that it's a, a balance issue, you know. So, uh, part two here says if the obstructed runner is put out prior to reaching the bases, they would have reached. Had there been no obstruction, the umpire shall call time and award the obstructed runner and all other runners the base they would have reached had there not been obstruction. So hold on. If the obstructed runner is put out prior to reaching the bases that they would have reached, put out. So you call her out? She's put out? No, it says call time. Okay. And award the obstructed runner and all other runners the base they would have reached had there been no obstruction. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is an important one. I believe that unless it's somewhere else in the manual, I was doing this wrong. And and you know what? We should probably look it up in the... uh, in the rule book, and we'll post it on the on the website, umpiringfastpitchsoftball.com, yeah. so on this episode. But the mechanic that I had been using was you, you play. You call the out. You, yeah, and you call the out. And then once she's out, then you yell, time, I had obstruction. You know, she's not out. <laughs> you know, she's either going back yeah. to second or she's going to third because that's where she would have been. But if this says you don't, you just say, if she was put out, it doesn't specify call the out. One of the things, and I... We had this in a, in a game of ours as well, where it was my call at third. So on the plate umpire, mm-hmm. my call at third, you had obstruction yeah. out on the field between second and third. So after the batter had, or after the runner had rounded second base, uh-huh. she was obstructed yeah. by the shortstop. I didn't see the obstruction. I didn't see your arm for the obstruction. I was concentrating on getting my butt down to third base because that's my call. Yeah. And she tried to go to third 
and I banged her out. Boom. Because yeah. she, she was out. out. By 150 feet. Yeah. Well, it was less than that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But okay, she I mean, was whatever. out. It was cl- she's clearly out. That's yeah. my point. She was clearly out. Yeah. So I banged her out. And then it's a time. You know, now yeah. we kill it. And so I think we're okay there. I think that was an okay thing. Oh, that's the way that has to happen, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't go, oh, she's out. Time. He had obstruction on her. Yeah. You know, no, I'm going to call her out, I think. So. Yeah. I, I feel like the person who had the obstruction is the one that should start talking all that obstruction yeah. to the to the audience, spectators, and 100%. participants. 100%. Yeah. All right. So when catcher's obstruction occurs, the player... Oh, not catcher's interference? Nope, it's not catcher's interference. Not in softball. This is this is not baseball. When catcher's obstruction occurs, the plate umpire shall give the delayed dead ball signal and verbalize catcher's obstruction. Yes. Wow. So I've never done that. I've done delayed dead ball, but I've never yelled catcher's obstruction. I just throw it out there. So I'm yeah, I don't say I don't that. say catcher's obstruction. I just say obstruction the same way I do. I don't okay. say shortstop's obstruction. Right. You know. Right. So, so I guess I got to change that. Yeah. Uh, and then four, when the play becomes dead, make the proper obstruction award. Be prepared to explain your ruling. So what's the proper award? So it's the, and it says it here, but it's the base that the runner would have obtained had the obstruction not occurred. Mm-hmm. The trick to this, there's two tricks, I think, in, in this. One of them to help you make that, that call. How close was the play that, that got him out? Yeah. You know, like you said, this runner was out by 150 feet. Um, so she probably wasn't going to make third had the obstruction not occurred since it was 150 feet. Yeah. Um, so she's probably going back to second. Yeah. Um, however, if it was a bang bang play at third base, I'm, I, that's an easy one for yeah. me. And she's we talked here. about this in a prior episode. What is the distance, right? So if it was, we were talking about sub three seconds between bases for most of these girls at, you know, of age, you know, 14 and above for sure. That means one second, 20, there's 60 feet between bases. Every second you're traveling 20 feet. Half a second is 10 feet. A quarter of a second is five feet. Yeah, wow. Lay one of those players down from the base. That's five feet, right? You know, and then yeah. that's a quarter of a second cost them five feet. So yeah. think about that. The distance is not so small as you think it might be. That's right. Yep. So 150 feet, she might have got there. Yeah. She's quick. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. She was throwing out three bases in Yeah. Advance. But I think the harder part here is to, to remember that it's all of the runners that were affected by the obstruction. Yeah. So one of the things, if the if the girl runs, so we had a, a trailing runner, let's say, and we have obstruction that happens between third and home. And the runner at first base is, she she was done. She's like, now she's a spectator. She's standing at first base. She's, she's spectating. Mm-hmm. And um, the girl gets thrown out at home. And so we go out, dead ball. Do we put the runner at second from first? No. No. Why? Because she wasn't a. She, she wasn't, wasn't doing anything. impacted. Whether she, the instruction, the girl was safe or out, didn't matter. Didn't she matter was to her. be at first. Whether the whether the lead runner ran into the shortstop or not yeah. had nothing to do with that runner standing at first base. It might if she was from between second and third because she didn't want to go to second and be caught with two people on second base. Yeah. Now maybe you know we can talk about that, mm-hmm. but keep in mind that it's not just an automatic base award, and that's the other thing that I think a lot of umpires miss in this. I had obstruction. She automatically gets the next base. That right. is false. Right. That is false. It's not so, a bulk in baseball. It's, yeah, exactly. The important thing is what would they have reached? That's right. All right. So collisions. Yeah. Um, contact. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, okay. I was going to say, okay. Contact between defensive and offensive players does not necessarily mean obstruction or interference occurred. Say that again. This is important. Just because two people run into each other does not mean it was obstruction or interference. But we'll see what else it says. The field is laid out in such a manner that it puts the defensive and offensive players on a collision course. Consider the following. D. 
did the offensive player alter their direction in a way to draw contact with the defensive player in an attempt to draw an obstruction call? Did the defensive player alter their attempt to field the ball to draw an interference call? Could the defensive player actually have made a play? Did the defensive player have possession of the ball? Thorough knowledge of interference and obstruction rules and their application will assist in making a prompt and accurate decision. Yeah, I love it. So the fourth one right there is the best one. Thorough knowledge of interference and obstruction rules and their application will assist in making a prompt and accurate decision. I couldn't urge, if, if there was a rule I wanted you, uh, all of our listeners to read and really know, it's the obstruction and interference rules. Yeah, and that's sometimes it's difficult. Uh, a, understanding the rules. Coaches won't know the rules. In the situation he mentioned earlier with our obstruction, where he had made the call at third, but I had obstruction back, her rounding second, and then everyone's standing in her base path, and she's running out towards the outfield to get around them. You know, I had obstruction. The third base coach is apoplectic, and she's talking about she wants interference, she wants interference. And I'm like, Coach, we got it. I want interference. And then I literally, I said, Coach, if I give interference, your runner's out. She was like, huh? I was like, you want obstruction, and that's what we're discussing right now. Oh, Okay. Right. But it's like, yeah. yeah, she's sitting there saying all these words and she doesn't know what they are. So it's like, and you as an umpire should not ever use the wrong word, right? right. So use the word, know the terms, know the plays, know the causes and, and repercussions. Of yeah, them. that's right. Yeah, because a lot of times uh, you can avoid conflict using the words in the rule book. Um, there are coaches out there, trust me. Uh, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that there are coaches out there that have the rule book in their backpack. Yeah. Uh, and, and think they know the rules. And uh, if you use the words from the rule book, when they go back and look it up, they're going to be, oh, that's exactly what he said. And you're like, yeah, exactly right. And it, it gives you, it's, it puts credence to, to your knowledge and understanding. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, F, helping on fly balls in foul territory between home and first or third base. It is permissible for base umpires to assist the plate umpire on fly balls in foul territory when the base umpire starts on either foul line with no runner responsibilities and the plate umpire has an obstructed view of the fly ball. Reminder, this is the plate umpire's call unless the base umpire turns their back to make the call. Yeah, and so I think this is important. And it's, it's, it doesn't say, but it's almost like they are strictly describing three-man in a way because it talks about well, not only you being in foul territory, possibly at third, but the fact that you said you have no runner responsibilities. Why would you ever be anywhere near the third base foul line if you had no runner responsibilities? Unless you're it's, U3. It's, yeah, it's because you're U3. Um, so that's that's that. And it could happen, like you're saying, if there's no runners on, ball goes out, that would be the, I think we kind of discussed earlier in a previous episode, the only time you really see that is maybe a, a useful way for you to go out as a yep. base umpire is nobody on right field foul line that is clearly demarc- demarcated is balls hit there and you go out to go help out. Yep. NC2A mechanics, high fly ball, foul in the infield with nobody on, bracketing. And if the uh, if the catch is made like by the catcher facing the outfield and therefore facing the base umpire, you take the call. This is kind of an interesting um, deviation from what we've done yeah. uh, in USA ball. Uh, and lastly here, and then we'll, we'll wrap up base umpire. Uh, there are four times after the ball has been batted that a base umpire will make a call at third base. On the batter runner on a triple with no runners on base. Not sure why they added the no runners on base. Yeah, because you always have, well, in USA ball, you should always have the last runner. To you third. have the last runner to third, yeah. which would be, in this case, the batter runner, uh, which, uh, number two on the last runner to third base, which in this case would be batter runner. I mean, you know what could have happened? Maybe they're saying the batter runner gets out at first or something. Like, or the batter runner is out somewhere else on the diamond, and now the last runner to third base is not the batter runner. 
I'll have to think about that one. Okay. On a lone runner on a fly ball advancement. Lone runner on a fly ball advancement. Uh, runner on second. Yeah. Fly ball to right. You have tag up and, and call it third. Which is also the last runner. Well, it says well unless runner. there's a unless there's a runner at first and second. But it says what does the lone runner mean? There's only oh, one a lone runner. There's may, only one. But unless they mean only one runner is advancing, because like what if it's first and second and they both try to tag up and go? In that case, you the base umpire would have two and the plate umpire would have three. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe, I'm not sure if that's what they mean or not. On any return throw from the plate area or cut off by a player. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so you've got the there's a return throw from the plate, which means if there's a throw from the plate, there's probably a play at the plate. So the plate umpire is down there doing plate stuff. And so you've got third base because he doesn't. Yeah, he or she doesn't. And yeah. then the uh, and then the cut off by a player, same deal. If it's cut off, plate umpire is probably headed down towards the plate because there's probably going to be something. But someone in the middle, a cut off, decides, no, the play's not there, snags the ball out of air and snaps it to third. Yeah. That's, that's you, you know, because the plate you know, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I think there's a fifth time. Oh, hey now. And that's when um, your plate umpire forgot that it was their responsibility <laughs> and they weren't down there to make the call. Yeah. Uh, and this one, uh, right before we wrap up, this one actually, uh, bring that one up because it was feedback that I got as a base umpire where I had responsibilities for tag up at um, second base on a long fly ball to left field. And I said, "Oh, I can hustle and really get all the way, all the way over to be able to look through second base and to the to the catch." So you that's moved the towards thing. the second base side. So I moved toward the first base side, even as yes, far I mean, yeah. as I, yeah, as far yeah. as I could get, uh-huh. and went too far because the feedback I got was, "What if your partner forgot they had third? Who's going to cover it? You went way too far away from the play. You got to be able to have their back." Okay, good stuff. And with that, I think with we've that, covered base umpire. Chapter five is done. Done. All right, so that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Just coming at you with a little bit of an addendum on this episode. Just want to let you know that 20 episodes in, this is going to wrap up season one of the podcast. And we're going to be taking a break throughout the, the fall and through the holidays here. We've got a lot of work responsibilities, um, some softballs winding down. So we're going to collect things together and start back in the new year. In the meantime, if you want to head on over to umpiringfastpitchsoftball.com and maybe leave some comments about some topics you might like to see us cover, we'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, And um, thanks for listening. Yeah, it's been a great season, Pete. Thanks for all your hard work. I appreciate it.